Thank you for listening to this recording of Family Bible Church's Sunday morning message. We pray that God will use this word to bless and encourage you. The book of Proverbs, the book of Proverbs. We've been going through the book of Proverbs, and we have been considering um, the various segments of the, the book as we've gone through. We've looked at, again, then the fear of the Lord, the importance of that. We've considered then the pursuit of, the, of wisdom, the path of wisdom, and those kind of things. But we've moved into this um, area of the pearls of wisdom, and we have looked at various of those. Last week, um, we, we um, considered the, um, the positive trait uh, then of, and see, this is where it's going to mess me up because I'm, I'm looking back there thinking, no, it needs to go backwards, and so I must have that on a, uh, 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 make it go by itself forward. And so, but we considered two positive traits over the last two weeks. We considered verses one to five, and we looked at the fact that we were supposed to be trustworthy, right? And that we're, we're not, if we would make, become surety for a friend, that we, chapter 6, Proverbs 6, verse 1 to 5, if we would become surety for a friend, that we would then do what we said we would do. And so being a man of your word. And then we looked at verses 6 to 11, and we considered the positive side of this and being diligent. But if you note, each one of them had really a negative illustration that they played with here, okay? And that is, if you became surety, then what? Do whatever you could. Go grovel, you know, plead, get out of it. And the second one was, go to the ant, you what? Sluggard, okay? And so we chose to take the positive tact. Today, there's no getting away from it, okay? And so we're here at verses 12 to 19. And the first couple words define our message. A worthless person. The worthless man. And that's what we want to talk about today. And so I don't necessarily have that positive tact that I'm going to take on this thing. We're going to talk about, yeah, the truth. But yeah, hopefully we talk about that all the time. But, but that we're, that this is just playing it out. The worthless man. The worthless man. Okay? And I wish that you guys had the, 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 um, the, the potential of having the presentation. And so you're just going to have to really track with me on this thing, okay? Because there's some good things that are, that are in this thing, okay? But what I want to do first is I want to read the portion of Scripture, um, Proverbs chapter 6, verses 12 to 19, okay? Since we didn't have the Bible reading because of the communion, I want to read through this first, and then, then we're going to break it out piece by piece. A worthless person, a wicked man, walks with a perverse mouth. He winks with his eyes, he shuffles his feet, he points with his fingers, perversity is in his heart, he devises evil continually, he sows discord, therefore his calamity shall come suddenly. Suddenly he shall be broken without remedy. These six things Yahweh hates. Yes, seven are an abomination to him. A proud look, a lying tongue, Hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that devises wicked plans, feet that are swift in running to evil, a false witness who speaks lies, and one who sows discord among his brethren. In this passage, then, we're given four things that, um, that describe this, this individual or, or characterize it. And the first thing is that we have... Yeah, that's okay. That we'll work that one out back there. That we have then this definition um, of who the worthless man is. That's going to come in the beginning of verse 12. Then we're going to have the description of the worthless man. And that's from 12b down through 15 or uh, 14. Then we're going to have the destruction 
of this worthless man in verse 15, and then we're going to have the denunciation of this worthless man in verse 16, down to verse 19, okay? And so the important thing here is right off the bat, okay, to understand this whole thing is the very beginning, that we're going to be talking about who? A worthless man. In the Hebrew, this is Belial, a man of Belial. Now, you potentially have heard this word before, and it's usually used as sons of Belial, the sons of Belial. Belial actually comes from two Hebrew words, Beli and Yaal. It kind of looks like Yaal, but it's a little bit different. Anyway, so, um, but it's Beli. Beli means to be lacking of, um, to, to be missing something, okay, to lack. Yaal means to be profitable or useful. And so put them together, it means lacking profitableness, lacking usefulness. They're worthless. Do you get it? There's no profit to them. There's nothing good in them. They're just worthless. And so we see that word being used, again, with the the sons of Belial. If you remember um, Jezebel, Jezebel, when she's trying to get Naboth's vineyard for um, Ahab, right? She tells the elders of the city to do what? To get a couple worthless men, sons of Belial, together, who will do what? Who will lie, who will slander, who will give false testimony or false witness, right? Because according to law, you need to have what? Two that would agree, okay? It's kind of fun because when Jesus was being brought before, they couldn't get two sons of Belial to agree, Okay? Anyway, it's kind of a fun thing. Okay, so but she they got this two, the, the couple sons of Belial together to give testimony against Naboth. He was then um, found guilty uh, as blaspheming Yahweh, which he hadn't done. He loved Yahweh, and then he was he was stoned to death, and so that Ahab could get it. And so on your sermon note sheet, you have uh, multiple of those um, illustrations where the sons of Belial are used, and you can look at those okay for yourself. But um, what we want to look at as well in this is Proverbs 10, verse 2. Turn with me to Proverbs 10, verse 2. In Proverbs 10, verse 2, we read, Treasures of wickedness, what? Profit nothing, but righteousness delivers from death. So, what does it mean to profit in that passage? Treasures of wickedness profit nothing, but righteousness delivers from death. What does it mean to profit? Treasures of wickedness profit nothing. Say again, Gerald. I can hear. Gain, okay. Benefit, okay. So there's no gain, no benefit, no usefulness, okay. So this is our word, Yaal. Okay, so the worthless man, get it, has what? None of that. Okay, no profit, no gain, no benefit, no usefulness. That's who this guy is. Now, what we're going to see is we're going to see character traits then. He's going to be described now in these next couple verses um, that's going to tell us what does that look like, right? So 12b. The first thing we see about this worthless, this man who is without any profitableness, usefulness, benefit, whatever, is that he what? He walks with a perverse 
mouth. He walks with a perverse mouth. The word perverse there, okay, I'm not going to, even it, it's ikashuth, and that means nothing to you right now. But I think when I think, when I hear ikashuth, I think what? Icky. Yeah, exactly. He's icky. Okay? But literally, then this, this guy with ikashuth, okay, is that um, he is just twisted with what he speaks, okay? But I want you to note that as you come through there, there's going to be these verbs about him. He walks, okay? So in his lifestyle, in his way of walking, when he's walking, he's walking with this perverse mouth, okay? Twisted mouth. So what does that mean? So let's look at Proverbs 19, verse 28. Proverbs 19, 28. We're going to be looking at a lot of verses, okay? Proverbs 19.28. And fortunately, I didn't actually have all these verses up on the screen. I actually was going to have us turn to them. So this works very well. A, dis- a disreputable witness. Anybody want to guess what disreputable is? Belial. A Belial. Yes, Belial, sorry. And so this man of Belial, this witness of Belial, scorns justice in the mouth of the wicked devours iniquity, okay? So we see this this Belial witness, okay, and what's he doing with his mouth? What's, what's the perverseness of his mouth look like here? He's what? Scorning justice, and he's devouring what? Iniquity, okay? Today, in today's day, we call what is evil good, and what is good we call evil, okay? It's just really kind of an interesting thing. It's kind of twisted, isn't it? It's kind of perverse, okay? Proverbs 11, verse 20. Proverbs 11, verse 20. Now we get into the Ikashuth verses. Proverbs 11, verse 20. Those who are of a perverse heart are an abomination to Yahweh, but the blameless in their ways are his delight. Okay, we're going to talk about that in a moment when we get to the denunciation of these guys. Okay, but he's an abomination to Yahweh. Verse, Proverbs 17, verse 20. He who has a deceitful or perverse heart finds no good. And he who has a perverse hafach, we're going to talk about hafach later when we talk about tifafach, but again, another word for perverseness, tongue falls into evil. So what are we told in Proverbs 17.20? One who has this ikashuth, this um, perverse heart, how is he going to be characterized? Well, he's not that he's no good, but that he what? He finds no good. Okay? He's not looking for good. Does it make sense? He's only looking for evil. Okay? Because his tongue falls into ra'ah, evil. Proverbs 19, verse 1. Proverbs 19, verse 1. Better is the poor who walks in his integrity than one who is perverse in his lips and is a fool stupid silly casio is the word that's there okay and so if i was going to do uh, the the positive side of this thing the 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 word that i was i would come up with on the opposite side is integrity make sense um someone who's walking in, in in trueness but um so but this this wicked guy okay he doesn't walk in that proverbs 22 verse 5 we looked at this um in the past as well. 
Proverbs 22, verse 5. Thorns and snares are in the way of the perverse. He who guards his soul will be far from them. So what do we learn in this verse? Good. Say it again. And then what? No, no, you're good. Then you'll be far from perverseness. Yeah. Okay. Makes sense? Okay. Because better uh, thorns and snares are in the way of the perverse. So if you're finding that your life is getting a lot of thorns and snares from God, makes sense? Okay. Assuming you're a believer. Okay. Then you need to think about this. He who guards his soul will be far from them. Okay. Sometimes God does um, prune us. But as a whole, as we saw a couple weeks ago when we talked about the chastisement of God, God chastens us when what? Well, he loves us, but why does he chasten us? Because because we've disobeyed, because we're walking in sin, and he has to correct us out of love. Does it make sense? Okay. So if I'm walking according to his will and I'm walking in his ways, then there's no need to chasten me. Make sense? Okay. All right. Proverbs 28, verse 6. It's going to sound a little bit like what we just read in 19, verse 1, with a little bit different ending. Better is the poor who walks in his integrity than one perverse in his way, though he be what? Ooh, now that adds another little twist to this thing, doesn't it? Because a lot of times when we start, Jesus said, you know, it's easier for a what? For a camel to go through the eye of a needle than a rich man to enter into the kingdom of God, right? Why? Because when we have riches, we think that we're being what? blessed yeah and we don't have a reason a need to, to change and so but god's word says it's better to be poor in walking integrity than to be perverse and to be rich okay so he walks with a perverse mouth okay okay so secondly he winks with his eyes so now we're going to start getting into a little bit more of a definement here okay each one of these are going to kind of build to it okay he's walking with a perverse mouth He's winking with his eye, okay? Proverbs 10.10, 10, you don't need to turn there, says, he who winks with his eye causes trouble, but a prating fool will fall. So what does it mean to wink with an eye? I mean, sometimes we kind of do that, you know, kind of, okay? Flatter, not always. No, it generally means what? Deception. I really don't, you know. Um, so, you know, mom and dad are, are, are putting the kids on, you know, and dad looks at mom and goes, you know, that means what? Play with me on this one. You know, we, 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 you know, we, we, you know we're kind of, or, you know, you're playing a card game. And I, I mean, now, before salvation, before Jesus' day, you know, even Uno, you know, Team Uno was kind of a, you know, competitive thing there, you know. And so um, me and my stepfather-in-law, you know, we could tell, I knew what he had. He knew what I had. Make sense? Which, which your eye closed, you know, and all this kind of stuff, where, you know, where you're, where your hand's leaning and that kind of stuff. You know, it's just, you're communicating. That's kind of the idea with that wink in the eye. You're deceiving. You, you, you've got a plot going on. So kind of put this in your mind. These things are kind of building, okay? What's the third thing? He shuffles his feet. Well, it's not what it says. Literally, it says, because you've got a C there, right? Not an S. You're looking, fill in the blank, and it's got a C. And you're thinking, it's not shuffle. It's communicate. Communicate. It's literally what this word means. It's the word malal, which literally means to communicate. So 
let's look at a couple of these so I, you can see that I'm, uh, it really is meaning that. Okay, Genesis 21, verse 7. It's not used very often in the, in the Old Testament. Genesis 21, verse 7. Verse 7 starts off with a she. Who's she? Sarah. Okay, so Sarah's talking. And it says, she also said, Emir, which is the meaning to speak, okay, who would have said, that's our word, shuffle? No, it's not shuffle. Who would have communicated to Abraham that Sarah would have nursed children? For I have borne him a son in his old age. Turn to the book of Job, Job 8. Job 8, verse 2. How long will you shuffle? (laughs) No, how long will you speak these things? In the words, emir, again, of your mouth, be like a strong wind. Okay, so again, tied together with emir. Go to chapter 33 of Job. Verse 3. My words, Emir, come from my upright heart. My lips shuffle. No, utter, communicate, pure knowledge. Okay? Psalm 106, verse 2 is the other one where it's used. Psalm 106, verse 2. Who can shuffle the mighty acts of God? That doesn't make any sense. (laughs) Who can utter... The mighty acts of Yahweh. Who can declare Shema all his praise? So, clearly the word doesn't mean shuffle. Okay? It means to communicate with your feet. Pointing with the toe. You know? And so again, if, if you've never lived this side of the, of the road track, you don't get this. I get this, man. You can communicate with your feet, you know? You can kind of be pointing to something and, and letting somebody, and you're just, you're plotting something. You're, you're, you're just putting something together without anybody even being the wiser to it. Did you guys ever play those ma- magic games? You know, where you, you, you're putting out four cards, or four cards, I'm sorry, nine cards, and, and, and you go away. You know, because you're the, you're the magician. You know, you're the, 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 the wise guy. And, um, and so your assistant stays in there. And, and so the assistant says, all right, guys, pick, pick a card. Let's see if you can get it this time. And so everybody says, oh, let's pick this one over here. Okay? And so you come walking in, and you're the, the guy, you know, maybe using a stick or whatever, or maybe using his foot. Okay? And a lot of times the foot is the, the best thing. And he comes walking in and... And, and taps a card and says, is it this one? And you go, no, it's not that one. Everyone's like, man, how do you know that? Well, you know, I don't know if you know how to play this game, but let's use a stick, is that you, where you pick point at the card is then you're telling me immediately which card that, that, that it is. So the first card that, that you point at, you're going to tell me immediately which card is the, is the card that I'm, that's, that's it. And so even if you point to the first card first to throw everybody off, I'll still know it because there's only nine cards that are in a grid, right? And so you're pointing to the card where it is, okay? So same concept with the foot. I'm pointing to it. Make sense? Is it this one? 
Is it that one? Nobody else knows what you're doing, you know? Make sense? But you're communicating to everybody, you know, to the, the person who knows. And there's this plotting, this devising thing that's going on, okay? And so this worthless man, this nothingness man, what he's good at is what so far? Oh, yeah, he's good at something, Chuck. He's good at deception. Do you see how this is building up? Okay, this is important. Okay, this isn't where this message was supposed to be going. God really did a number with me in, earlier than this week, and I, was, I, I knew where I was heading with this message. It was the six things God hate, yea, seven are an abomination to him. That's where I was preaching. Make sense? But it changed, man, because God showed me, oh, no, that's just the end. That's just the end. That's just an enunciation of who this guy is. I don't want to be this guy. Does that make sense? He shuffles with his feet. He communicates with his feet. He then points. He points with his finger. Let's see. I've got to turn it back on. He points with his finger. The word there is yara. And literally, yara means to direct. Okay? And so he's directing things with his finger. You know, just kind of. You know, it's kind of, it's not like, you know, that's what we think. But again, think of the whole scenario, what this guy's doing. He's, he's communicating with his eye. He's communicating with his feet. He's communicating with his fingers. Makes sense. He's just kind of, he's doing this stuff with nobody knowing, okay? Then this next one is putting it together here because you've got this perversity is in his heart. But really, it's, in my mind, I'm, I'm translating this because perversity is in his heart, Okay? So I'm making it a subclause of the next, because there's all these verbs that are describing him. The next verb that describes him is, he devises evil continually, okay? So because perversity is in his heart, he devises evil continually. So this word perversity here is the word tafak that I talked about earlier that I was going to go to. And again, it means perverseness or fraudulence, fraudulence. So when we think of perversity, sometimes we think of being skewed wrong. But the idea of this word is that it's fraudulent. So because fraudulence is in his heart, okay, because fraudulence is in his heart, he devises evil how often? All the time, continually. And what's kind of interesting, this word devises then, literally um, is the word, it's translated, so here we go, okay? This is, this is, I love when you take these languages and you bring them, okay? The word literally, karash, means to be silent or to plow. To be silent or to plow. I mean, so, if you, I have them, I think, on your sheet there, okay? And so, um, Proverbs 11, verse 12, I'm going to read them real fast. It says, he who is devoid of wisdom despises his neighbor, but a man of understanding holds his peace. He's silent. Uh, Proverbs seventeen twenty eight. even a fool was counted wise when he what? He's quiet, silent, holds his peace. When he shuts his lips, he's considered perceptive. So that's the first part where he, he is to be silent, right? But the second one, Proverbs 20, verse 4, the lazy man will not plow because of winter. That's our word. He will not plow because of winter. He will beg during the harvest and have nothing. So it literally either means to be silent or to plow. And you're thinking, how does this play out? Well, I love this word, because put both of those things together. He's plowing how? Silently. He's digging furrows without making a noise. 
What does that communicate to you? Because fraudulence is in his heart, secrecy. That's exactly right. He's plowing behind the scenes. He's, he's plowing. He's digging it up. And so, um, oh, where's, where's the one I have it on here someplace? Give me a moment. It's a great word. It's a great... He digs up. Where do I have it? Don't you hate when you know you have something here and it's like, now you can't find it? Oh, there it is. Proverbs sixteen twenty seven. I have it under sowing discord. It's all the same. Anyways, but you can turn there. Proverbs sixteen twenty seven. An ungodly man. Anybody want to know what that word that is? Belial. Belial. A, Belial. a man of Belial digs up evil. Ra'ah. And is on his lips like a burning fire. Well, that's this guy. He's devising. He's, he's plowing up silently all this stuff, right? And so um, those verses you have on your sermon note sheet, 1 Samuel 13, 9, Proverbs, 20, Proverbs 3, 29, Proverbs 12, 20, Proverbs 14, 22, those are all the ones where it's translated devise, plotted, okay? And so David knew that Saul was plotting, plowing against him, plowing quietly, against him does it make sense he was um no that one i we the one i read a little bit ago was proverbs sixteen twenty seven. that was under he sows discord and so so anyways so he's plowing it up okay so that he can what so discord yeah that no you're good that's exactly right and when you're gonna when you're gonna when you're gonna plant a crop what's the first thing you gotta do Prepare the ground. You've got to plow the soil, right? So do you see how this is building? Because fraudulence is his heart, right? He starts to plow the, plow the soil. And then when he's done plowing, he does what? He sows discord amongst... I mean, who do you sow discord amongst? People who are what? Well, close to you. When you say you sow discord, think about it, just, just in na- nature. If people are already discordant, you're not what? You're not sowing it there. So who are you sowing discord amongst? People who are at peace. People who are already at peace. People who aren't in, in a discordant relationship. And so this guy goes in. We're warned about these people in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, talking about communion. And he says that I find out that there's schisms among you. And this must be, must be so. Because how else will those who are, if you would, Belial, sons of Belial, it doesn't use that term, but how else will they be known? How all these people who are causing division to be known? And so think about it. So if somebody comes in and they begin to sow discord, automatically we say, what? wait, 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 wait. This isn't of... God, I don't want to go into another church that I don't necessarily agree with the doctrine of and be that guy. It's not my job. Whose job is it? Holy Spirit's. It's exactly right. It's not my job. If, if I've if I got to go into that church and i got to cause problems, I don't need to be there. So Marsha and I looked for a church all the time when we were going back up to Pennsylvania that we could fellowship with. We wound up going to one brand. Um, but I could, I, there's no way. If I was up there, I'd probably have to plant my own church. Because I couldn't find one. 
And I couldn't go to that church that I was, that I was a part of because they had infant baptism and that kind of stuff. And the, the guy preached a decent message, but I wouldn't necessarily agree with him on all his theologies, and clearly I wouldn't agree with him on, on the infant baptism part. And I just couldn't, so I couldn't be a part of it. Make sense? But I certainly wouldn't go to that church then and what? Start preaching credo baptism. Make sense? Because I would be that divisive spirit. I would be bringing discord. And so this guy, this worthless person, that's what he does. In order that he may then sow discord. And the word discord there is the word madon. It literally means with contention. With contention. So he's, when he comes in, he's going to bring contention. Now, all this plays together then for his destruction. Verse 15. Therefore, and always a therefore is therefore a reason, right? And it's based upon everything else that was going before that. So therefore, his calamity shall come what? Suddenly. Suddenly. Again, so the word is used twice. And whenever in Hebrew, so we read, his calamity shall come suddenly. Suddenly he shall be broken without remedy. But in Hebrew, when things are being used twice together like that, like truly, truly, I say to you, it means what? Emphasis. It really is true, right? So... His calamity shall come suddenly. Suddenly he shall be broken without remedy, which means what? It's going to come unexpectedly. Bam. Okay. Turn back to Proverbs 1. We've already talked about this concept. Proverbs 1, verses 25 to 29. But now we have a little bit more um, description regarding these individuals. Proverbs 1, beginning verse 29. Because you disdained all my counsel and would have none of my rebuke i also will laugh at your calamity that's our word here i will mock when your terror comes when your terror comes like a storm in your destruction again that's our word comes like a whirlwind when distress and anguish come upon you Then they will call on me, but I will not answer. They will seek me diligently, but they will not find me. Why? Because they hated knowledge and did not choose the fear of Yahweh. There's a point, there's a place when the window of opportunity is closed. We just talked about the two cups. And how Jesus said, drink from this cup. All of you, freely, all of you. He desires all men to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. But there comes a time when God closes the window of opportunity and people want to be sealed. The question always is, is who hardened Pharaoh's heart? Did Pharaoh harden Pharaoh's heart? Or did God Pharaoh's heart? Pharaoh's heart? And the answer is yes. That's exactly right. Because initially it was who? Pharaoh. But in the end it was who? God. His time was done. He had an opportunity. He heard it. He said, oh, tell God to take it away. I'll do this, I'll do this, I'll do this. And then he what? He changed. God finally said what? You're done. Now it's me hardening your heart. You don't want to be in that plot, that spot. His destruction, his calamity will come suddenly. And so I'm mindful then as well in Thessalonians where it talks about the end times. Where it, when it says every, everybody will be saying what? Peace and safety and then what? 
destruction will suddenly come upon them. That's the world we're living in. Sadly, that's the world we're living in. They are going to become more and more deceived in their mind, thinking that they have the panacea for their own problems. And then sudden destruction is going to come upon them. God's word is true. It doesn't change. It's the same yesterday as it is today, and it will be forever. Don't deceive yourself. So when March and I got saved, our life verse was, be you doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving your own self. We deceive ourselves. You're not deceiving anybody else. And you're certainly not deceiving God. And nobody else is deceiving you. You're deceiving yourself. You think you got it. You're wise in your own eyes. But sadly, it's not. And then that leads then into this final part, and that is the denunciation. And that is, first of all, there's two... two um, Breakout says this denunciation. First of all, he's an abomination. This worthless individual is an abomination to Yahweh. And we see this here in Proverbs 6. And I've got to move quickly through this. It says, these six things Yahweh hates, yea, seven are abomination to him. A proud, high, lofty look. A proud look. A lying, shakir, falsehood, tongue. Hands that shed innocent blood. A heart that devises, that's our word from before, wicked, that's been used before as well, plans, that's our word as well, with kashab, with planning, feet that are swift in running to evil, ra'ah, a false, again, Shakir, falsehood, witness, who speaks lies, untruths, in one who sows discord among brethren or people who are in agreement. God hates, if you would, the worthless man. That's a pretty strong term. For God so what? Say it again. For God so loved the world. Whoa, whoa, whoa. For God so loved the world. God is love. Yeah? We love him because he first loved us. God hates. That's a pretty strong term. Seven are a what? Abomination. Now, I don't know about you, but again, coming out of this, and I realize how much my Abba loves me and what Jesus has done for me, I certainly don't want to be described by this list. I mean, I get it. I get that I'm saved, 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 and I can't lose it, lose it, lose it because God is faithful and true. But I certainly don't want to be an abomination to the one who died for me. A proud look. I know I can struggle with that. I know I can struggle with that. A lying tongue. Do you know what falsehood is? Something that's not true. It's false. Hands that shed innocent blood. Jesus said, you've heard it said, thou shalt not murder, but I say unto you, if you call your brother an idiot, you've committed murder. Racha, empty-headed. A dimwit. A heart that devises with planning wicked things. Romans, Paul says to the Romans, make no provision 
for the flesh. Don't devise things. Feet that are swift in running to evil. That's rooting for the Baltimore Ravens. Um, sorry, had to, had to throw that one in. Okay, anyways. I'm wearing their colors exactly right. This is reverse psychology. So, um, feet that are swift in running to evil. You say, oh, that's not us. I got, at least I got one out of seven here, right? Really? How quickly do we run to things that God would say are evil? What about movies? What about music? I mean, there are people stand in line for, for the first showing of something. And it's like, really? Would Jesus be there with you? I've got to go on. A false, again, witness who speaks lie. Now, that's like, woo, really? A false witness that speaks lies. Is there any other one? <laughs> but just in case before you didn't get it, God says, okay, I'm going to bring it just a little bit more for you. One who sows discord among brethren. And how easy it is for us to do that. But the second thing here that is important, I want you to turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 6. 2 Corinthians 6. Whoa, we're in the New Testament. 2 Corinthians chapter 6. And I want to end it here. Because this isn't Old Testament teaching. This is New Testament teaching. And specifically, after the Lord's Supper teaching. This is really, I didn't plan this. Make sense? This is like really kind of cool stuff that just kind of, you just kind of look at God and go, you're so cool. You're just like so cool, God. 2 Corinthians chapter 6, beginning of verse 14. I'm going to hit my button here so they, they can follow with me. It is the antithesis to Christ. Do not be, I'm sorry, beginning of verse 14. 2 Corinthians 6, beginning of verse 14. Do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship has righteousness with lawlessness? What communion has light with darkness? What accord has Christ with Belial? Belial. The sons of Belial. That's our Hebrew word. Brought directly into the Greek. They transliterated the word from the Hebrew into the Greek. Just like the word baptism is not a word in English, it's a transliteration of the Greek word baptizo. Belial comes to us in the English just like that because it came directly like that into the Greek from the Hebrew. It was important for that word to be used in this moment so that when it was spoken, they understood what was the antithesis to Christ. The sons of Belial worthlessness having no profitability no usefulness it is the antithesis of christ for he who are called by his name to be worthless think about that let that sink in just a moment and look at the synonyms that's coming together with what communion has light with darkness what accord has Christ with Belial? What part has a believer with an unbeliever? What agreement has a temple of God with idols? For you are the temple of the living God. As God has said, I will dwell in them and walk among them. I will be their God and they shall be my people. Ooh, I think we just talked about that, right? Fourth cup of blessing. Therefore, come out from among them and be separate, says Yahweh. Do not touch what is unclean and I will receive you. And I will receive you. So, 
how would God describe you? How would God describe you? You don't need to say it out loud. But are you better described by a son of Belial or a follower of Christ? Everything about Christ's life was profitable, beneficial, purposeful, useful. The antithesis, then, of that is to be a son of Belial, a daughter of Belial, a man of Belial, a woman Belial, to be worthless. You say, well, man, I, I, I feel like that. I have no worth. That's not because of God. It's because of you. God wants you to be useful, purposeful. You just have to be willing to do it and not sit there in your own commiseration. But to be used by God in whatever way. I remember years ago, I, I didn't lead singing. I, I, and I'm not a public speaker. I know. After 30 years or so, you start to get used to it. Okay, But it's not what I wanted. It's not what I asked for. But I remember someone asking me if I'd lead singing. I got to do that. I mean, I love music. Music was my life, man. I was a DJ. But singing was not part of me. I wasn't in the choir. I wasn't, you know, da-da-da-da-da. And so someone taught me how to move my hand, literally. So I know when it says 4-4, four, four, I can't read those notes, y'all. You may think, I, can, I can't read those notes. I can't read it. I just know the notes are going up, so my voice needs to go higher. You know, and the voice is going, oh, I got to do you know. And I can kind of guess where maybe something's at. That's it. And I know that if it's, if it's, a, if it's got a little thing hanging off of it, off the top of it, that means it's, you're singing real fast. And if it's got like a, a, a hollow part on the, on the circle down there, I'm supposed to hold it a little bit longer. And if it doesn't have one of those sticks hanging off it, that means I'm supposed to hang it a long time. This is music for the... Uh, for the, for the person who lives on the street, okay? So, and so 4-4, four, four, watch me, ready? This is, this is very hard. I'm going to teach you how to lead music right now. Ready? 4-4, four, four. One, two, three, four. One, two, three, four. That's pretty simple. Now, we had to work on it quite a while, but I finally got it, okay? And so, just, I, just, so I had to just start doing it. So when I do it up here, it's not for you guys. It's for Gabrielle. She wants me to be her metronome. Okay, and so I'm, I'm and, and so it helps me as well, because I know that every time there's that line, that means I'm supposed to be, when I'm doing this, that's when I'm supposed to be singing at that part. So if I'm not singing at that part, I've blown it, okay? And so three, four, three, four is just one, two, three, and one, two. See, I didn't come all the way back over this way, because that was my four, okay? And so that's it. I mean, I'm, woo, now you learned how to lead music, okay? I'm going to ask you, okay? You're gonna, and then you're going to say, I can't, don't tell me you don't know how, because I just taught you how. <laughs> Okay, that's exactly what I got. They needed someone to lead music. I said, well, I can't, do, I can't do that. Yeah, you can. I think you can do that. And so I did it. And so now Junior's doing it, right? <laughs> right? Justin's doing it. I know he's not Roy Junior. But anyways, and so pray for Justin as he does this, because, I mean, he's willing to do it. Makes sense? Okay? And he knows more of music than I do, because he can play the sax. I can play, like, my, my hand harmonica, you know? And so, um, but what are you willing? You've got to be willing to be useful, profitable for the kingdom of God. Don't say you can't. I love um, Emily and Rosie when, uh, in kids' club 
They're not here, so they, I, can, I can brag on them, right? And I'll say to them, can you read that? Emily's response always is, I don't know, but I'll try. She's just a little kid. I mean, I mean, she's amazing. Some of the words that she'll sound out sometimes. But I don't know, but I'll try. Out of the mouth of babes, y'all. I don't know. God says, can you do this for me? Your answer ought to be what? I don't know, but I'll try. Because you can do how many? How many? All right, all together now. All things. You can do all things through Christ who strengthens you, who wants you to be useful. Are you useful then and profitable to the kingdom? You've got to answer it, okay? Not to me, to yourself. Are you useful and profitable to the kingdom? Are you honest and trustworthy? Whew. Yeah. Is there then a need to change the way you think and therefore change the way you act? Let's pray. Father, forgive me for my worthlessness so many times. I, I don't want to call myself that. But Lord, as I consider these character traits, things that are hateful to you and that are abominable to you, that are descriptive of an unprofitable servant, if you would. Lord, I've got to admit that I see myself in these things. Lord, help me not to be deceptive. Help me to be truthful in all things, to speak the truth in love. Lord, to, to, to not talk behind people's back, but to talk to them directly. Lord, Lord help me to, to seek your face at all times and, and only to do the things which you lead me to do. Father, help us as we again consider your supper to be your representatives to this world, that you would receive the honor, that you would receive the glory. I praise you, Jesus, for what you've done for me. Forgive me again for treating your sacrifice carelessly too many times. Cause us to be an assembly of people who truly desire to magnify you. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.